The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter. But that's kind of how real life works anyway. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Mimi Hayes. Mimi is an author and comedian living in New York City. Right after graduating college, Mimi got dumped by her boyfriend of five years, and a few months later found out her brain was bleeding. If you like our conversation, she actually wrote an entire book about this experience called I'll Be Okay, It's Just a Hole in My Head. This is Mimi's story. Hey, Mimi. Hey. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's real. Just a nice hot Wednesday. It is scalding out yes. there. I think my freckles are like melting off of my shoulders. That sounds gross. <laughs> yeah, I went for a run yesterday because I'm training for this race and it was a very bad idea. It oh my God. Yesterday was even worse, I feel like. I feel, yeah. Might have been like less temperature hot, but more like humid hot, I guess. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's just not We're fun just for anybody. The best small talk right now. <laughs> Um, yeah, but thanks. Thank you for doing this. Yeah. Um, I, I know you got like a bit of a story to, to talk about today. So yeah, where where is it kind of all begin for you? Or how do you want to oh, set it up? Wow. Um, you know, I think we should go back to my first love. Okay. So um, I was with somebody from 2009 to 2014. Okay. And I had known this person for a long time, like in the family, but we didn't really see each other a lot. And um, in 2009, we saw each other again at this like family thing. And we just were like, oh my God, great, perfect. This is awesome. Yeah, there was just like a click that yes. kind of happened and right it was, away. It was great. Um, and so we were together for a long time. Um, and then kind of through the years, I also went, uh, I went away to college for my first year of college in um, 2010. Okay. So I um, went to Minnesota. Okay, so did you meet when you were in high school, or was it like between you like before, starting Like before, yeah, we met like as like little uh, as little kids, and yes. then when you started dating, was it um, was senior year of high school? Senior year of high school, yes. Okay, so no concept of the world. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like your young first love yes, kind of thing. Yes, so you got the picture right. So and then you're moving away, and then I leave yes. immediately. Okay, <laughs> so uh, I go to Minnesota to go play ice hockey because I have this dream of being this like Olympian. This oh like, wow yeah yeah um, Minnesota's pretty legit when it comes yeah, to yeah they ice pop hockey. out of the womb with yeah. ice skates on. Um, so I did that. And throughout that year, we did long distance and it was like really hard. And like my roommates were kind of like, hey, um, maybe you should just like move on. Like maybe you should just like dump this guy. <laughs> like you're crying every night in your bunk bed. Like maybe you should stop this. Um, and I think they actually wanted to have like intervention for me. Um, but it would have been too late because I already decided to transfer back to I'm from Colorado originally I'm not sure if I okay so you went from Colorado to Minnesota yes and now you're like I'm going back right so I go back to Colorado right for this guy yeah and kind of give up give up the hockey dream. yeah I gave up the golden days um I was okay I played okay. like 20 minutes in the season okay, okay? like okay. let's not you but know. also you're a freshman it was like you were working up you yeah know. yeah so I decide to go back and um go to CU Boulder to okay. finish my schooling and First couple like years after that were like great. We were like together all the time. He even like took a class at CU. Everything was great. Um, and then as we started to get through college, like things got harder and harder. And I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a high school teacher. And 
things were kind of a big question mark for him. Like one day it was like, I want to move to Australia. The next day I was like, I want to build a longboard. And I was like, what's going on? Like, what's going on? Yeah, so his life path was a little less... Yeah, in my eyes, Like firm than what yours was at that point Right. I was like very solid. Like, I'm going to be a high school teacher. Yeah. This is what I'm going to do. And also just the age you're at, I guess, brings a lot of questions in general. Just being like 22 or whatever and being like, what am I going to do with my life? Yes. But for me, I was like, I have to figure it out. Like, we're going to get married. It's going to be great. Like, I had a promise ring. Okay. I think like year three or four, I had a promise ring, right? So I was like, (laughs) it's only a matter of time. Yeah. It was pretty serious. Yes. It was pretty serious. Um, So we get to college graduation and things are like very like foreboding like he had tried to break up with me in like a coffee shop okay but then had like taken it back because i was like are you breaking up with me and he was like <laughs> nah, uh, no uh what um so then finally he did he really did break up with me like may you know right after i graduated maybe like a week after i graduated college and um i was just like floored you know because i was like five almost five years and yeah and just where are you going like why can't I come with you? I don't understand. Um, and it was very, very painful because he was actually already seeing somebody else. Oh. Um, which had like gone kind of on Facebook. Like he pretty much broke up with me physically and then he did it on Facebook and then started posting all these pictures of his new girlfriend who I'd met. Oh, so there was like potentially not like an was there like an overlap in seeing each other or I, was just like the fact you know, that he knew her beforehand there was some sort know, of like it's, it's emotional tough. yeah it's tough to say because like i did i ever like catch him no but i know that i had seen she had been around us before and like there were times when like he was not with me and she was gone too and i'm kind of like connecting the dots so yeah. i'm like all right so at least from like an emotional standpoint oh, yeah, there absolutely. was something going on yes so that goes on and um i'm kind of like in denial and then i'm like oh i have to finish i had one more class to take because oh. i had actually walked uh, at graduation but i had like one more credit yeah yeah yeah. okay <laughs> so i was like i gotta take this class to actually graduate for real and also i am yeah and just being in this dumped. place where you're kind of a mess <laughs> i was such a hot mess and i like just didn't eat i was running like every single day like five miles a day and i was just like a lunatic and um working at a, a kid's summer camp oh <laughs> uh, yeah i w- so, spent a lot of summers working in <laughs> a summer camp so i know about that uh so it was a very very crazy time and i was still kind of in denial that he was really just with someone else already yeah um and, man and i feel like for you too because it was like that it screwed up your plans right of, yeah like, oh, the teacher oh, sure. promise ring like yeah. life together yeah so i'm like okay that's not how it's supposed to go right so a few months go by. I'm about to start student teaching. So I, I actually get through the class. I barely graduate. I like barely pass this class because I'm a wreck. Yeah. You know, I'm like eating cottage cheese and just like vomiting it. I'm just bad. <laughs> it's low. Okay. It's a real low point for us. And um, so I get a few months um, down the road and I'm ready for a student teaching. So I have to take do um, additional six months of student teaching okay. to get my teacher's license. Yeah. So I picked this like great classroom. I got this great teacher. I'm like, oh my God, this like, I mean, this high school in Denver is like one of the oldest public schools and it's just, it looks like Hogwarts. It's so beautiful. I'm like, oh my God, I get to teach there. Okay. I'm like, okay. So the guy is like, the guy is weird. He's doing weird thing. He messed up. I'm still destroyed. But at least I had this like whole school thing, right? This like Yeah, you have thing. these two aspects of your life that you wanted to both work out and one stopped working, but the other one is like still yes. going. Yes. So... I started student teaching 
and I get really, really sick five days in. And I'm like, okay, I'm dizzy. And I'm like, my head is kind of throbbing. And P.S., before we get to like <laughs> this foreboding big thing, I had started online dating. Okay. So I had like just, you know, kind of told myself, well, fine. Like, if he's going to do that, then I'm going to get a new boyfriend. And I was new to online dating. So I started going on the Tinders and the OkCupids and all this stuff. And um, I was in that first week of student teaching. Things were nuts. And I'd been not, you know, not feeling so great, but I was still like trying to really process everything. So I was like, let me just go on a date with a stranger and just kind of feel it out. Kind of put yourself out there. And yeah. Yeah. So I go on this date and I have this headache. And I'm like, oh, great. You know, I'm like so stressed. I've given myself a freaking headache. (laughs) And the guy is kind of like, meh, you know, I'm like, oh. Yeah, your classic like, okay, Cupid online date. Yeah, and like, like, I just don't even remember his name. And I'm just like, Okay, I'm just gonna like down this lukewarm beer. Yeah, have our beer and get out of here. And I gotta go lesson plan, right? Like I'm just my mind is so consumed with everything but this date and this guy. Yeah. Right. Um, so I go home and um I think that was probably about Friday, and then the weekend things just went off the rails with my health and I ended up in the ER because I couldn't move my head without throwing up. Whoa. So it was like very nauseous. I was very dizzy. My vision started to get like doubled. It was a very strange thing. And I was like, oh my God, what is this? Like, great, you know. And um, we go to the ER and they're just like, oh, like your ears are like plugged up. Like you should go to like a specialist and like unplug them. (laughs) I'm like, okay, I don't even know what you're talking about, but I guess I trust you because you're like a medical professional. I don't exactly know what that means, but I'll (laughs) follow your advice. So that, you know, is like their thing. And so I call my actual doctor and I had actually seen her like a week or so prior when I started to feel iffy and I went to like an urgent care and I talked to her and um, she was just like, oh, you're just like depressed. She's like, how old are you? 22. She's like, oh, have you had a bad breakup lately? <laughs> I'm like, lady. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, she's like, yeah, you're probably just depressed, you know, like, and I was, I was, I mean, something was wrong, you know, I just did not know what was happening. Yeah. Um, but all these medical people were like telling me that I was fine and that, or like that I was not fine, but telling me it was not that serious. Yeah, just being casual about what was going on. Right. Like, oh, you just need this. You'll be fine. Right. So I go back home. And, uh, oh, also, like, the uh, nurse missed my vein. And so the entire bag of IV fluid, like, dropped on my lap. And she accused me of, like, pissing myself. And I was like, listen, I hate all of you. (laughs) Yeah, so you're kind of, like, not... You're not having like the greatest experience with these doctors at this point so far. We're not friends. Yeah, okay. So uh, we go back home and... A few days later, I still can't go back to work because I'm still so sick. And finally, my mom's go, okay, you know what? Let's go to the ER. Like, we're not going to go to that ER. We're going to go to a different ER. I don't care what your doctor says. I'm not listening to her. And I've been on the phone trying to call her all day. It was like phone tag, except she wasn't ever calling me back. It was just me calling and be <laughs> yeah. like, hi, it's me again. Um, Am I dying? Like, it was just not. So we get um in the car. We go to the ER. And um, then my doctor calls. Okay. And my mom's like, give me the phone oh my god mom's about to lose it and she just like rips her a new one she's like i don't know who you think you are something is seriously wrong we're not gonna follow your advice she's not depressed 
uh actually mom i am but yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> but that's not the reason that all this stuff is yeah, happening my yeah my boyfriend of five years yeah. kind of yeah yes that's uh, <laughs> going on but like something else is happening here so we get there and we sit down and they again like triage is very like oh are you die are you bleeding is your arm chopped yeah. off no like, are you okay, gonna wait. die right this second yeah so they're kind of like we have to wait and wait and wait finally we get into this room and this doctor or actually she wasn't she was a nurse practitioner uh she does this uh neuro test and it's like when you put your finger in front of someone's face and then you move it to the side and they have to follow it with your eyes okay and um so she just put her finger in front of my face didn't move it and she was like do you see double and i was like no my mom's like, okay, move out of the way, lady. Like, you're not doing this right. My mom's a psychologist. Um, <laughs> hi, mom. She's going to listen to this later. So um, so my mom gets up there, and she does the neuro test, and she moves her finger, and my eyes follow, and they were doing this, like, twitchy exorcism movement. That's not normal. Yeah, they weren't, like, regularly they following. They were just kind of bumping along the way. They yeah. were just kind of doing their own thing. And finally, the, the nurse is like, oh, I guess it wouldn't hurt to do an MRI. Okay. Um, which we have to wait for, for like six hours. Okay. So we're like, fine, we'll wait. And we wait, we get in there, and I've never, actually, maybe did a CAT scan. My sister one time um, accidentally whacked me with a metal baseball bat. And I think I was in a, I was like two, so I was on a CAT scan. I don't remember, right? Yeah, so that's, I'm, yeah. This is the first time I'm ever in like this big, crazy machine. And this thing is so loud. I mean, it's those are like, the ones that are like the circle, and you have to like yeah, sit in there like and not move. Yeah, it's like a donut. Yeah, you go into the donut with your little chair, and you just like yeah, you have to like lie down, literally just sit can't still move for, for like forty five minutes, yeah, and you like can't go to sleep or whatever. Either. No, you have to just like no, yeah, and uh, I'm like, I hope they don't find anything. Like, what's why are we doing this? Like, I just I I had not pieced <laughs> it together. Nobody had um, until <laughs> um, the woman came back after the MRI, and she said. Your brain is bleeding. Actually, she didn't say it to me. She said it's my mom. She says your daughter's brain is bleeding. And then she left the room. Um, I don't know why she chose that moment to leave the room because that was when I actually had a full-blown panic attack. Yeah. Uh, because when you hear those words, it's not like, oh, well, that's fine. Like, it's something that you it hits you in a way that you don't even know if you're like gonna die in five seconds or like five hours yeah, or five days or like never or you know you're already dead like you don't know what's going on yeah you on. truly have no sense of like what the stakes of that is yeah because it's like well that's not supposed to happen <laughs> but i don't know what the severity of this is so we had no information so i just start having a panic attack i'm yeah. getting like cold and it's actually like a really hot little emergency room so i'm like shivering my mom just finds blankets because she's just a saint. I don't know where she got them. Stole them, probably. <laughs> and she's just like, okay, you're okay, you're okay. And they come back and they're like, okay, you know, like, you're stable. I'm like, oh, you're going to tell me that now. Like, thanks. Yeah, you couldn't have said. Um, so they said, you're stable. You know, your your brain is has a, has had a hemorrhage. So um, you can go home now if you want, which was also... Yes, you're making that face, and yes, it is not something you think you'd hear. Yeah, yeah, um, like, okay, you're fi you're fine. <laughs> so yeah, because that doesn't make any like to me that makes no sense because it doesn't like the symptoms just are done now. Like that's uh, yeah. So they said you know you're stable. Uh, we stayed in the hospital that weekend to meet with a neurosurgeon, and they said he said you know your brain has had a brain hemorrhage. Here's the areas in your cerebellum. Um, the interesting thing that he said was that this was caused by something called a cavernous angioma, which is like a little nugget. I love talking about this. It's my favorite. Um, it's like a little nugget of cells. 
and it pretty much just clumps up when you're like developing as a human okay um it just doesn't like unroll correctly and that doesn't cause you any harm it's just like a little clumpy of cells it's just real cute in there and um so that was in my head just fine and he said you know we don't really know why this happened, but we can tell you that it's it's inside of that structure, that the hemorrhage, the blood is inside of that cell group. And so like you're okay for right now. And what might actually happen is that that might go away. Like the blood might go back into the brain and be fine. Like it'll reabsorb oh, normally. Okay. Um, but to me, it's taken me several years to think about how I got to that point. You know, what's the breakdown and how do I get to like, oh, your head, when did it explode, right? And I've traced it back. I think the best that I can do is at that date with that guy. Yeah. Because I had a headache, right? And it was, that was the point of no return. I, I was very tired that summer. I got dumped. I wasn't eating. I was going crazy. I was like running every day. And then I get into student teaching. My dream and it's so stressful, but I love it. And I'm trying to do everything. I'm trying to be the best student teacher ever. And uh, five days in, my head explodes. <laughs> yeah. So it just sort of hit this like level of stress where this was like, this was the thing that happened. Mm-hmm. And so the thing with the cells is that I was like trying to understand this when you were explaining mm-hmm. it. The fact that the blood, did the blood come from the cells or the cells were keeping the blood from going out? Like, were the, is that yeah. like a plug or was that... <laughs> Or was that the thing that started to bleed? That's what I was you know, trying to like figure that out. That is great. I don't actually know. I think it. I think the cells were keeping because honestly, I think I had a. I had a stroke, okay. but it was inside that. Like I've never oh, considered myself weird. a stroke survivor okay. ever. Okay. Because it was a slow process. Yeah. Because when you stroke, you like really have damage and it's really really bad. So for me, that blood just went into that little nugget. Yeah. So it was very like contained. Very contained thing raspberry. Gotcha. Of stuff that's like you're done, you know. And so I, um, after that news, they're like, okay, you're gonna be on bed rest for like six weeks. Okay. So no teaching no dating (laughs) chill out and so i go back home to my parents house which is where i was living like thank god uh you know didn't have to i wasn't paying any bills or doing anything i was fresh out of college yeah so i have all my stuff i'm comfy i'm just like wearing my pjs i'm like great we're just on vacation like like six weeks of just catching up on tv shows that you haven't seen yeah i watch like how I Met Your Mother like three times the whole (laughs) all of them you know um so I'm just kind of sitting there chilling I'm I'm still in denial I'm in denial about the fact that this is what's happened to me but as far as I'm concerned like it's not really that real like if I just kind of like walk it off yeah um, because I was gonna say like at this point too what is like is there things that can keep happening or is it just sort of like just chill out and then it'll be okay. Right. So like they didn't know. I mean, they said, you know, sometimes it'll reabsorb. That's the hope. Okay. So we won't be able to know. It's like it was too dangerous to touch it. I got it. For so a the, surgery. So the idea was like chill out mm-hmm. for six weeks and let's see if this like goes away. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I'm like, great. Fine. I can chill. I'm so chill. <laughs> I'm the most chill. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. Even though at that point you were the most stressed. <laughs> so I'm doing my thing. I'm depressed. I'm getting on my ex-boyfriend's Instagram and like looking yeah, at all these pictures. You literally pictures. have all day to just sit around and. Yeah. And I'm like oh, seeing boy. him like repeat oh, his relationship with like her. Like he's taking her yeah, to our favorite to the same spots, places. Yep, yep. Our like anniversary spot. I'm like, what the heck is happening? 
my brain is bleeding and you don't even really, I don't think you'd know about it. So yeah, is that something, was there any part of you that like wanted, were you talking at all? Like, was there a part of you that like wanted to let him know what was going on or were you just like not? So during the like bed rest period, I was just angry and I didn't want to talk to him all of our mutual friends like were coming over to visit me and see me and you know i was like okay the people that love me are here you know and also like it was known that if he showed up my father would kill him okay like (laughs) that was a known thing (laughs) that if he ever stepped foot you know near me that it was just gonna be no good so so i think we all knew that so i didn't talk to him i didn't tell him um i was just sitting there like angry that he wasn't doing anything you know um so then we get to like so the end of august was um when it happened like the like middle of august by september um the end of september so like week four ish um i lose my taste oh and also like the journey through these four weeks with me um i can't walk anymore and I've lost 20 pounds of muscle mass, and I'm seeing double. Okay, so things aren't getting better. <laughs> so th- things are not looking great for me. Yeah. Um, and at this point, they were like, okay, you need to go on these walks. Like, you need to walk around the block with someone else um, to keep the blood flow. Otherwise, you're going to, like, atrophy, which okay. I was, like, already. Like, my, my muscles were, like, doing this really weird thing where my arm was kind of, like, popping up. Like, I did have a stroke. Like, my leg was just dragging. I really looked sick. Like, I was on some steroids to, like, try to keep that blood from, like, going everywhere. Um, so, it made my face really big. So, I had, like, this fat face <laughs> and these, like, skinny little legs I was dragging around. And I'm like, oh, God, he's dating someone else. Like, I was just, like, <laughs> such a mess. <laughs> um, you know, because I couldn't do anything about yeah. it. So um, so then I get a new symptom and it's that I can't taste on like the left side of my tongue. It's very, it's very weird. Yeah. So I tell my sister like jokingly, I'm like, LOL, right? Like another symptom. And she's like, that is enough. Like you are done joking about this. We're calling um, the surgeon. And then he was like, yeah, come in right away. Second MRI. Let's check it out. Um, and I don't know why I didn't have like weekly MRIs. They could have been like totally. Yeah, to keep shown. checking in on it. Yeah. <laughs> but by the time they they showed me picture one and picture two side by side, it had gotten bigger. You know, so it was like swelling like the blood itself. Yeah, it was okay. like swelling the like brain tissue. So like, all right, let's go in for a surgery. What are you doing Friday? Then like probably watching Hi My Your Mother. Like I guess I could do it. Um, so they uh, scheduled me for brain surgery on October third, twenty fourteen. And uh, went in. And by this point, I was just finally, it started to click like days leading up, but also not until like the night before that I was like, all right, so you could die. And that's like not a fun thing. And you're mad about that, too, because like there's people in your life that you are like still angry with that you don't have. Like you can't you're not going to talk to them about this and you're not going to like blame them, but you're like mad and just like. And you've been in denial this whole time, this whole like month or so. You've just been like playing this off like this is some silly thing and it's not like silly anymore. Um, so that happened very late in the game. Luckily, I think that was probably good for me, you know, yeah, to have to, that. To have that to have that like reality moment, but not have it in a place where then you're like freaking out because of that reality moment. Yeah. Yeah. So that was all pretty much locked down until right before. Um, but I went in and it was probably like four hours or so, just quick little procedure and, uh, came to, 
And when I did, I thought that I was dead. Like I was asking the nurse, I was like, am I dead? Because she like pulled a tube. This is kind of gross. She pulled a tube out of my throat. That was the first thing I remember. Okay. Yeah. Like a breathing tube yeah, or something like Yeah. breathing like tube. Yeah. So she like pulls it out and I'm just like, oh my God, am I dead? Ah! Like I, I can't really see anything. I can't do anything. I'm just like, oh my God. I, 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 I think I've woken up too soon. Like the, the surgery is oh, still yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. Everything went great. You're good. Um, they wheel me down to the ICU and I can't, I'm seeing double and sideways now. Okay. Um, so and things I can't, have gotten a little yeah, worse Yeah, things are like not hot right now. Um, I'm not in a place where I could go on a date is what I'm saying at yes. this point. Um, <laughs> so they wheel me around and I, um, my like, you know, my whole body is just kind of like, I can't really do a lot with it. And they kind of put me in a few more MRIs. They check it out, make sure they didn't make any mistakes. But then eventually they decide, um, after more of my mother's like convincing me that I need like more help when they're like, you want to go home, kiddo? Like they're the worst, like all of them. It's like there's that thing where they're being supportive, but you aren't like right getting kind of what you need out of it, I guess. Or, yeah. Like, like you don't send somebody home when they need more. So, so we go to a, a rehab center. Okay. And I spent about two weeks there and it's like intensive rehab. So I'm like physical therapy, speech therapy, occupational therapy. So like the goal is to like get me back to where I was before. Okay. Like I was a very young person, like on the brink of my life. Like I was like, oh my God, I got this relationship and this job and all these things and they all went away. But like maybe I actually can get back to the teaching part of it, right? Like what were the things that at that point you couldn't do that you needed to do again? Um, I couldn't do anything. Oh, uh, really? I mean, like... I had like, I got, I was healing pretty quickly, but I needed like help going to the bathroom yeah. and like showering and, and was all those there, like, things. Was there stuff that they were like, we don't know if this will be like fully operational? Like, we're like, was that an issue? Or? You know, we never like really talked about it. They were just like, hey, here you are. Let's work <laughs> hard. Like, they're just like <laughs> leaving so little. <laughs> Like that would just freak me. I don't like my brain would just be like, what? But what happened? What am I gonna do? Can I like? Yeah. Am I gonna be able to move my head all the way? Like, can I do this? Can I? Yeah. Do this? And I think if for me it happened. It was it was so overwhelming all the time that I was just I was just happy to have stuff happening. Yes. Yeah. Um. So like the vision actually the sideways vision corrected to normal, um, the way it's supposed to be. Um. Upright within. I think that happened in the ICU because I was yeah. when I went. So that was like recover. That was just like recovering from the surgery. Yeah. So type there were pieces thing. that were starting to come together without Having the additional to work help through it. Yeah. Um. But the vision, like I had double vision for several months. Um. And they had to, so they corrected it. Get this. This is so cute. This is so DIY. They corrected my vision by putting a little piece of tape over my glasses, just over the pupil, and it tricked my brain into like seeing singular. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so I can see fine now. I mean, I do have some double vision, like when like I'm really tired. Periphery, yeah, on the left side. Um, but things were like starting to come back. Like, I mean, it was, I was on severe, like, uh, they gave you this bracelet and it's yellow and it says fall risk. Okay. And they're like, don't do anything by yourself, you fool. And I was trying. Like, I was just trying to do stuff all the time by myself. Yeah, because you just wanted to be back to the person you yeah. were before all of this started. So the uh, real moment of rebellion was when I took my walker to the dining hall instead of my wheelchair. And I was kind of getting some mobility back. You know, I was, like, still kind of, like, you know, slumpy and weird and just trying. And I took my – there was a walker and a wheelchair in my hospital room. 
And I was like, who needs this lame wheelchair? Not me. So I like grabbed the walker and I like slowly, slowly make my way down to the dining hall. And then my like physical therapist um, shows up and she's like, um, where's your wheelchair? I'm like, it's in my room. Why? Why do you ask? What's, what's it? What's the problem? And she was so mad at me. She was like, you can't do that. Like, you don't realize that you, like, if you bust your head again, like, we're all over, all of us. Like, this is not cool, you know? So, of course, I'm, like, crying. I cried, like, every day in therapy, like, in rehab. Um, And it didn't help that someone ended up um, showing back up uh, into this scenario, which would be the uh, boyfriend of five years. Um, He did not show up physically, but probably, like, mid-rehab, um, I'm like waking up. It's like 7 a.m. I turn on my phone. I was, I shouldn't have been texting so much. My eyes were so wonky. <laughs> but I like turn on my phone. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to send some cool, funny hospital Snapchats to my friends. And I see that it's him. He has got sent me a text message. And, uh, it didn't say his actual name. It said shit stain. Uh, oh, that's that like was, you had him in as that your was phone his new contact. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was like, what could this be? Like, what does he have to say to me now? Like, as I'm getting ready for my day, my new reality is in this rehab hospital where I'm relearning how to walk. What do you possibly have to say to me? You know, I was mad. I was still so mad. Yeah. Um, and I think he had found out through our mutual friends, finally, because he wasn't paying. He wasn't like. Yeah. He was kind of living scroll- his. Yeah. He, he was living scrolling his- on my Instagram. Yeah. You know, he was doing whatever. And also, I'd like blocked him on everything. So. So know. he couldn't. Right. <laughs> but um, he said heard about your whole situation and he misspelled your so you know wrong wrong use of your yeah uh hope all is well and i was not in a place to receive that yeah and i just yeah because you're still trying to recover physically yeah and then like so i told him to f off <laughs> i'm not sure if this is a podcast where you like you can yeah. do whatever you want um but i was so angry and i just i said no like literally fuck you like i'm done and uh show that to my therapist and i was like look at this look at this i was like insane she was like wow that's you're crazy i'm like yeah but i was so mad because like you know it was actually very good that that it happened in that order like, it's so lucky that he broke up with me, and then several months later, I was like, that, that that happened, that the brain exploded afterwards. Yeah. You know, because um, I didn't want him to be that person that was, like, having to deal with this, like, sick person who might be dying. Like, yeah, that's that like, not fun. And especially if it's, like, he was already kind of in this place where he didn't feel, like, committed to you, it's then, like, yeah, mm-hmm. then this weird thing where then, like, yeah, you which, feel like you're pulling him into this situation that yeah, and then if he would have like been there, if he would have been there for me, like at my bedside the whole time we were like together, and then I got better, and then he broke up. With yeah, me and then for he real. Bro- yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like oh, this is even worse. So I was so happy that it happened that yeah, way. Yeah, like the order of events, sort of. At the time, they were like sucky, but it was almost like if these things were gonna happen, they happened the mm-hmm. best way they could have happened. Yeah, and even better to this story is that, you know, I've fully healed. I um, got back to teaching. I went back to that classroom just a few months after brain surgery. Cool. 
And you would never know by looking at me that this is something I went through. Um, I walk fine. I talk fine. I'm a little darker in my humor than I used to be, but <laughs> pretty much normal. Uh, I go on dates, you know, and my head doesn't explode during them, but I yeah, am you still, have, you know. You can have normal, just awkward, <laughs> bad dates instead of like. Just like everybody instead yeah. of, you know. Yeah, just um, dates that you end up having to go to the ER after. Yeah, just so uh that all worked itself out and then after a few years of teaching i well actually during while i was sick i was actually writing a book and um like that was kind of a joke because you know i was like maybe dying my friends like hey you got dumped and you're very sick this sounds like a great book a very motivational tale and so i started writing a book about it and working on that like in the hospital with my like one hand because my other hand like didn't work at the time <laughs> so i was like i'm writing a book yeah um, i'm also like very sick and trying to be funny about it um so i wrote the book and then when i got better i started doing stand-up comedy for the first time and i started getting on stages and i was like i have i was never compelled to do stand-up before but i had all this like weird hospital funny stuff that i thought was different yeah, it's just an experience that people aren't having. Yeah. That then like you like you had that like dark humor twist that you could throw on it. Yeah, and I was like catheters. Let's talk about them. <laughs> like <laughs> I've got something to say. And so I started doing a lot of my stand up about the brain and what had happened to me and um then I got kind of hooked on that and I was still teaching and writing the book and it all kind of led to me moving to New York City um just over a year ago. And when I got here, I was like ready. I was like, all right, this is a real book. I'm a real comedian. I'm a real girl. Like, you know, I'm like fully evolved and I'm ready to like kind of create this new life for myself based off of what happened to me. That is so insane because at the time, you know, I'm like, this is the worst thing. This is awful. And now I'm like, oh, man, the great content, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's just this is my situation and I've been able to lean into the craziness of it and share it with people and my book's out and it's it's really fun to be able to publicly <laughs> share my pain <laughs> yeah well at least in that case like i guess one it's fun because i mean i'm sure people have had other similar experiences that they can connect with in a way but then yeah too it's just like at least they're getting entertained by your yeah few months of not yeah. entertainment. <laughs> and I think like there's something to be said for like having someone that's gone through it. Um, when I was sick, there was one woman and friend that I knew that had, had a brain surgery and she was like, she was in Minnesota. She was on my hockey team and uh, she had been texting me and she's like, hey, I've been through this. Like, tell me what's up. Like, I can help you. And that was so helpful. Yeah. Just to um, have a person, just a person knowing something and yeah. having a, a similar experience. Yeah. But I still felt very much like alone in my situation and what I was doing and going through. And um, even like also writing a book. It was like I didn't know anyone yeah. who was like in their 20s writing a book about their weird brain surgery. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> anyone else out there? Anyone? Anyone? Yeah. Uh- <laughs> yeah. So now it's kind of like a resource as much as it is like. And entertainment. Yeah, I hope that someone could read it. And if anything, even from the relationship side, you know, I don't like to think about my book as like a chick book. Like, I think guys can read it too and be like, oh, what are the breakdowns of like relationships and how does things like go from great to not great? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the book was me actually forgiving my ex-boyfriend and working through that because when I started, I was still so angry. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) And I had to actually heal through that through writing a book about it, which is 
I wouldn't advise it. Uh, it's painful. You have to like re- it's a lot of work. You got to relive yeah. everything always. Plus, you got to like write a book, which is yeah. like that's a lot. It's a lot. So I wouldn't recommend it, but uh, you know, it, it definitely was a great way to yeah, get through. It can that. be a positive thing. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, and what's the book called? It's called I'll Be Okay. It's just a hole in my head. Okay. It's a memoir. Great. So. And yeah, if people want to like find, are you like have your website too that people can go to yes. and check out? Yeah. MimiHayes.com. Um, Animal Media Group is my publisher. Okay. Um, also, it should be available on Amazon and also in bookstores. And yeah, I would just love people to pick it up and tell me what they think about it because yeah. this has been a lot. It's been the past four years of my life, you know, not only healing from the head injury itself and the breakup itself, but like working through that yeah. in a, a piece of on on paper totally yeah (laughs) we can check out the longer version with the book and yeah thanks so much for being here yeah thank you so much this is how we love this is how we fight for something that's right love hurts is produced hosted and edited by brian berlin theme music by mickey hommel Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Instagram and Twitter at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin, and this is Love Hurts. <laughs>